Ahoy Noiros! Welcome to the first episode of the new America, the dead America, the fucking depressing America. Wow. Whoopsie, huh? That sucks. Uh, out of the podcast. Yeah, it's been it's been a couple days. Denial Dan and uh, <laughs> geriatric Joey here to say, uh, what, what do we do? Everything sucks. That's Everything that's sucks. A, yeah. Absolutely. And I think we picked a good movie for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, um, we'll get into it, but I'm going to say, Dan, I'm watching the clock. These episodes have been so long lately. I feel like this is going to be a really short one. I feel like it is and it isn't, you know, but yeah. let's let's make the prediction now and then let's see what we can do. I don't okay. know. How are you, though, buddy? Uh, we were just talking earlier, a little bit, a little bit, a little tired. Um, it's a sleepy episode. It's a sleepy day. It's a sleepy episode. Yeah. Sleepy I, face over here. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing all right. Just kind of hanging out. Uh, I've just been kind of making my way through that uh, noir box set that I got um, that Mill Creek one. I'm almost done. I have one movie left. Um, one movie left. All right. Of, of the nine. So yeah, I'm almost there. I'll probably Next finish week, either t- today or tomorrow. We expect your review, your ranking, uh, what's okay. going to be a future episode, you know, sooner than later. Uh, yeah. Okay. How, how many of these we're actually going to cover? Yeah. Okay. And uh, and we'll take it from there. But that's yeah, great. it's been an interesting ride. It's definitely been wild. Uh, some of the so, you know, it's a mixed bag, just like any of those kind of box sets. Some of them like definitely walk the line of like, is this is this noir? I mean, it, it's how it's nine movies. It's nine movies. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, there's not even nine film noirs out there in the world, you know? <laughs> Ever? What are, what are we on episode eight? Like we're almost done here. <laughs> I think it's seven. Okay, um, good. All right, we got two film noirs left. Yeah, I've been doing that, and then just you know, as as you know, Space nineteen ninety nine. I've been making my way through, and it's that's been that's been an enjoyable ride. So I've been I've been really uh, digging on that. You know, one of my favorite fun facts about Martin Landau, I forgot to bring this up, is uh, mm-hmm. he was a cartoonist before he was an actor. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So he has he has the gift of the pencil. So I, he's very respected by me for that regard. Oh, you know what? You know what's so funny about that? I I follow nerd alert. I follow Jerry Anderson's official Instagram account Beautiful. and they made a post the other day of him. And it, and it was like a behind the scenes on in the, the alpha moon base. <laughs> and he was drawing on like one of the, like the, the um, like clear, it was like a window that was like up and he was like <laughs> drawing like a sketch. I just thought, Oh, it's like a sketch, sketch, whatever. But now that makes even more sense. Now yeah. that you're telling me that like, he's actually like, he had the gift. Yeah. yeah. I bet so he was doodling on some scripts. I would love to see his behind the scenes, but yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Check out the Instagram. I think it was literally like a day or two ago. And okay. I was like, oh, I was like yeah, oh, I'll, okay. I'll follow that. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of good photos and, and, and treasure trip stuff. And we were talking about, um, there's a myriad of, of merch. Uh, the on, store is incredible. Yeah. yeah it's, it's official store. You ever want to know how to do like merch as like a, business <laughs> business pro you know like owning multiple properties or even just one like I, it's just fantastic everything you would ever want and more yes i just have to decide which shirt i'm gonna get good luck yeah it was yesterday i just i just looked up it was yesterday and it's like he's like drawing it's like i don't even know what it is it's like it looks like a planet with like a face on it or something i don't know but it's it's cool that's awesome and you got barry morris just looking on doing his thing <laughs> um but yeah that's what i've been doing how about you uh i want to say real quick I saw a movie it was on TCM yesterday, last night. Okay. It was like, they're doing like a fashion, like fashion was the theme of the night. Okay. It was Mahogany with Diana Ross. Are you familiar with this movie? That name sounds familiar, but I haven't seen it. I feel like I've heard that, that movie name before though. This thing was wild, but friend of the show, Nina Fosh popped up in it. Really? Yeah. So that was very interesting. Billy D. Williams, uh, Diana Ross is the star, of course. Uh, Anthony mm-hmm. Perkins, dude. Wow. Who is like, you know, Anthony Perkins. I was about to say crazy, but you know, he does his thing. Uh, it was yeah. wild. And it was a great looking film uh, as a movie itself. Not great, but mm-hmm. very interesting. Then they did Taxi Driver. It was a good one to punch. <laughs> <laughs> Who could forget the fashion of Taxi Driver was what they were trying to say. That's a very interesting double feature. It was, I mean, I was in the zone for it. I was, I was ready. It was, it you were was feeling it. Yeah. I mean, I watched Taxi Driver in full for the first time in a couple years, but it's been a while. It's actually been a while for me. It's been, it had been a while for me too. Yeah. And man, that sucker holds up. That thing is, mm-hmm. you know, 
you really got to give a shout out to the score on that one. That's uh, Herman on that one, right? Wasn't that his final one right before he died? Bernard Herman, is that his name? I'm looking it up right now. The guy that did like everything? Yes, Bernard Herman, yep. Yeah, just an amazing score, really, just like. Yeah, I mean, he's done, you know, a bunch of incredible films. I mean, you look at his film. He's the one. But yeah, I mean, he's, he's done a lot. Yeah, and that's a hell of a way to go out. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, everything from when you start out with Citizen Kane and, and then you know, you're, you're doing a bunch of Hitchcock and you're doing some other stuff in between. That's pretty darn good. So that was really cool. Otherwise uh, I've been in a real like Ninja Turtles mood lately. And so I, I sprung oh. for the, um, the three movie set. Okay. I've even heard some I mixed o- things about it. I only wanted the first movie, of course. Okay. Not even the second one. Second one has moments. It has moments, but I don't need to own those moments. Yeah. Whereas, like, I like legit love the first movie. Like, it's a great. Oh movie. yeah. But you know, hey, I'll take them. And yeah, you know, it is what it is. But still love the first one. Fun mm-hmm. during the second one. Third one, I you know, it's it becomes more fun more and more as time goes on. But it is a turd. I mean, get it? Time. Third is turd. Yes, thank you. As, as time are goes time. on. Yes, of course. Puns keep coming. Yeah. And then um, I got the animated series, the complete animated series. Oh, cool. I, I had a lot of those on VHS when I was a kid. Me too. One. Yeah. Me too. But then, like, I don't even remember. So, I mean, I do. Like, they, as I, they come Fits. on, I'm like, oh yeah. my God. Like, yeah, that's right. Or like having the toy of some of these guys. Oh, yeah. Because uh, it's just one big toy commercial. And that was a big reason why I picked this thing up because I was like, I feel like creatively devoid. Like, let me just go back to the, the old stuff and, and see what I can old come standbys, up with. Some, yeah. some old creatures and then some fun stuff. And, you know, it's. Some are not great, but some is pretty fun. You know, I'm, I'm like on the third season right now. So I'll I'll have a final review by the end of this. I know our film noir lovers love that. But there was uh, an episode called, I believe, just the Maltese Turtle. But they did do a little <laughs> film noir send up, which was not good. But they tried. They did hey, try. Give, give an A for effort. Yep. Bogey got a shout out. That's good. Yeah. I don't even think it was in that episode either, honestly. Just, just elsewhere. Yeah, they're wearing trench coats. And they're like, what's with the bogey get up? I feel like, don't they mention that in the first movie, too? Probably. I think they do, because he because Raphael wears, like a, like, a trench coat and a hat when he goes out. Yes, the classic undercover look for the turtles. Yes, because yes. you can't see anything else that would imply that he looks like a giant turtle. <laughs> no, and dude, in the second one, real quick, uh, this is how these things get off the rails. I understand. He's like, go in and, um, you know, Ernie Rise Jr., is uh Kino, I think is his name, maybe in this. Sounds right. You know, he's gonna go join the Foot Clan and go undercover. And like Raph is just like watching this thing from afar, but it's broad daylight, and he's this turtle is so noticeable. And like Rise Jr. just keeps like popping off the line and like going to talk to him and stuff, and like no one's noticing any of this. I don't know, it's crazy, but uh watch Surf Ninjas. They were just used to it, maybe at that point. They were more accepting. I, I don't know. I mean, they get busted eventually, but it's not yeah. for the reasons you'd think. I had those on VHS. I feel like I still have them on VHS, actually. Same. At least the first two. Yeah. The third one just has Baltimore. That's the thing I always remember, that, that song in the credits. That's right. Yeah. That's like the one thing that always stuck, stood out and made me remember that movie. So not You can much see the eye holes by that point. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's that one's rough. I remember going to see that in theaters with a friend. They're like, you want to go see this? And by then, like, turtles were pretty lame in school. Yeah. But it was just like, yeah, all right. Like, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Let's let's see these guys one last time. And it was a death nail, man. Yeah, it happens. It does. But I'm in the zone now. And uh, I never read the comics. And I'm, I'm thinking I might go for that. The old ones. There you the go. Black and white. Yeah. Nice little foray. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's it. Otherwise, you ready to start this sucker? The clock says yes. Yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to go. Oh, and real quick, see, look at me. I'm I'm pissing off you. the clock. There was some uh Jimmy Stewart and Robert Mitchum like documentary that was on TCM last night, which I taped and, and watched this morning. And it was okay. But they mm. mentioned this one movie called Pursued with Mitchum. Mm-hmm. They they were saying that that was a film noir western. And I'm gonna try that out tonight. It's streaming for free on uh Plex. Oh, interesting. So I'll get back to you guys on that. I'm not going to risk it for the show just yet, but they were they were specifically hyping it as such, and I was very curious about that. Interesting, yeah. Also, I love Mitchum. I'm going to take as much as I can get. And it's Raul Walsh directed. Okay. Yeah. Right. 
That's so promising. We might be both plexing pretty soon. We'll see. Yeah. And uh, I saw flex Olive. A little, flex a little plex. You flex know? that plex. And then I saw Olive did the Blu-ray of it too. Oh, cool. That was that was just that was my next uh, trip on the internet. <laughs> well, hold them horses and yeah. save them till you watch uh, Pursuit. But yeah. in the meantime, Dan, let's go ahead and break off this Mitchum for today. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's do it. Gotta be talking about episode 78 feeling great and tired here's some taglines and this one has a ton of taglines lay it on me <laughs> the men she loved she destroyed the violent drama of a rich girl poor boy love triangle that unraveled in a double murder so warm so lovely so evil naked okay. drama as fierce and unashamed as the crime that gave it birth in the <laughs> In the law, dark history of guilty love. No crime of passion ever to match it. No man, woman drama ever to surpass it. Uh, here's another one. <laughs> Three <Wow>. more. <laughs> Three. It took a man to handle her kind of love, but no one could handle her kind of murder. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> faster, faster, faster. He thrilled to her lying lips. Yield to her whispered promises, plunged into the trap her love had set for him. <laughs> Do we need this many? Like, who's writing all of these? <laughs> Howard like, Hughes. Uh, probably, yeah. She loved one man enough to kill to get him. I know. Look at the, we're looking at the DVD. None of these are on the poster either. No. So, thanks to IMDb, maybe someone made up half of those. And you know what? That's a good prank. I like I mean, I, I love the poster. A great poster, two angel faces on it. Mm-hmm. You know, who's the real angel face? We'll get into it. Uh, what are we talking about? Angel face, of course. Mm-hmm. The sucker was released February 11th, 1953 from the good people at RKO Radio Pictures. Although maybe not so good people because this is in the Howard Hawks regime. Yeah, Howard Hughes, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, directed and produced. Not, not horny Howard Hawks. He's off the hook on this one. <laughs> And maybe the movie needed a little more horny to pseudos, but directed and produced by Otto Preminger. He's back. Laura's own Preminger mm-hmm. at it again. Can he do it? Let's find out. Screenplay by Frank Nugent and Oscar Millard from a story by Chester Erskine. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Dan's first viewing of Angel Face. We're going to find out yeah. how it all went. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was something. Um, it absolutely is something that cannot be denied. I, I will say, I think I think some of the backstory was as interesting, or maybe in some cases more interesting than the actual movie to me. I mean, the movie did have interesting moments, but there's so much behind the scenes stuff that was wild that I was reading about. Oh, it, it certainly gives us yeah. a, a fun little episode for sure. Yeah, there's some cool things though. There's some cool things I like about it. Oh, that can't be denied. Yeah. You, there's stuff in this movie that when it happens if if you are not moved in some way then you are a cold-hearted man sir mm-hmm. well i am okay <laughs> <laughs> we're in beverly hills naturally mm-hmm. in, the, in the in the nice houses and there's been something there's been a terrible accident that has gone on frank jessup is his name robert mitchum of course but frank jessup great name always wanted to say jessup and his partner bill who I don't know if we're going to see this guy ever again. Don't get used to him. Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, they get called into the Tremaine estate and there has been something has gone wrong. And Catherine Tremaine has been treated for, uh, she has inhaled some gas. There's a gas leak, which seems to be an accident. She's in bed. She, she's she's in, bed. in bed. Perfect time to inhale some gas. Yeah. Um, but seems like, She's a little suspicious about it, but everyone else is like, it's going to be fine. So that's it. That's a good night. I'm at work anyways. Uh, so Mitchum leaves and who should he know to stand? But I'm presuming this is our angel face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say so. From from Kiss himself, Gene Simmons is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's I, I didn't think of it until like right before the show, honestly. Yeah. And it was like, hey, wait a second. I keep hearing this name said to me. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. It's the other one. Uh, Diane the other Tremaine. 
Gene Simmons, the reason this movie basically exists, as we'll get into with this crazy, crazy story. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's just ripping it up on the piano, as you do, after something like this goes down. And uh, he's like, hey, your stepmom's going to be fine. All is well. Don't worry about it. And she seems to be a little worried about it for some reason. She gets, quote unquote, hysterical. You know how movies like to term these things. Yeah. And he slaps her. And you know what? Well, she's going to go ahead and slap him right back. And that was very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think we could avoid the fun fact on this one, Dan, with the the slap. Go for it. Preminger kept requesting slaps, you know, maybe for actually needing the shot or maybe reasons we will get into far later into the fun facts. But Mm -hmm. there was a lot of takes of this slap and he goes to ask for one more. And Mitchum's just been slapping on Gene Simmons repeatedly now, and she's not having any fun with it. So he goes up to Otto Preminger and is like, one more? And then slaps him in the face, Dan. <laughs> I can just picture it. It's, it's amazing. And then, and then Preminger storms off and tries to get Mitchum fired from the movie. He scurried off the set. He demanded Mitchum be fired. And obviously, it's hilarious. No one's going to fire Mitchum. This no. is the, one of, probably the star of RKO, you know? And yeah. They're like, get back to work, Preminger. Set up. <laughs> But that's crazy. That's that's fun to know that the slap, which is like never fun to watch, is like, well, don't worry. The director got his. Fuck yeah. that guy. So that all ends well. He he gets off work. He heads to a diner. We got to get a diner in here. Yes. But he's being followed by Gene Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I should have never said it. I'm sorry. Yeah. You should, call her, you should call her by her uh, her name in the movie, Diane. Miss Tremaine, yes. In her very fancy car, which is a thing in this movie. It, it's, yeah. it's a character. Nice, nice little sports car. It is a beautiful car, yeah. Especially for the day. So Mitchum goes in. He tries to call up his girlfriend. She's not picking up. And then all of a sudden, Diane comes in. Angel face. Mm. <laughs> there we go. She comes in and uh, he tries to be pretty flirty with them. She doesn't smoke. She doesn't drink. Sounds like your dream girl, Dan, right? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> the stats are, are being checked off. Right there. Um, she's 20 years old and she's British. I don't know if we said that. She, mm-hmm. She's got herself a bit of an accent from overseas. Yeah, because that's where she originally from. And because he mentioned it later, like her actual mom uh, died in like a bombardment at some point and then her dad and her it was just them and then they came over to the states so that kind of gives you that little bit of and now backstory why she has an accent and so forth yes and now there's a stepmother and yeah she's huffing up gas yeah so uh his girlfriend does finally call into the diner uh the guy who works the diner he's he's a good time i don't remember his name but uh special shout out yeah he is i don't even think he's in the main he might be one of those list. unlisted cast members, which I saw there was quite a bit of. Yeah. But he's good. <laughs> yeah, they have, they have some nice little back and forth banter. It seems like they were definitely buds. Yeah, this is the, the stop to go to when you're a late night ambulance driver. Of course, you're going to end up at the diner. Yeah. Well, if it ain't the dead body jockey. Sure, Harry. That's why I come here. So much like the morgue. That ain't funny. What's happened to business anyway? Got nothing to do but sit here doping the horses. But his girlfriend call, calls, that's Mary Wilton, played by mm. Mona Freeman. Mm. Already you're like, hey, what the hell, Mitchum? You got, you got a girl at home and you cheat on her? But they seem mm. to have an arrangement. Even she says later on, like, you're free to do what you want. Yeah. Or whatever. And it's like, okay. Well, then well they sense. work together, too, right? I mean, she works at the hospital. She's a receptionist at the hospital, yeah. So, uh, like, they have, like, somewhat of a working-ish relationship. And that's how they know each other, at least. Yeah, but it seems like they have some sort of relationship where, you know, it's just not really progressing to that next level. It's kind of stuck in a limbo. And yeah, for Mitchum, here comes something pretty exciting, you know. Uh, Mm -hmm. So he goes ahead and kind of bails on her, even though he's trying to make plans with his girlfriend. And he's like, I'm going to go with with Diane. He's like, I already ate. And she was going to like make dinner for him, like a steak or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, he's like, yeah, I already ate. And then he hangs up the phone and (laughs) yeah, I'm hungry. (laughs) She's like, let's go out. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to find out a little bit more about her and her father. Uh, he was a novelist, but he hasn't finished a book after this bludgeoning uh, death from the war, apparently. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, we find out more about Frank. He used to be a race car driver, and now he's racing ambulances. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and he wants to own his own garage, but you know, he, he's been saving up slowly and even Mary's been helping out. So, I mean, they definitely have finances planned together. It's yeah. It, it the, the relationship is very confusing, but Hey, it's the fifties, right? Yeah. And it's, there's like, it's like an open relationship sort of thing. You know, it's like they have a closeness, but there's like some type of understanding, but, and, and we'll see it later on her end too. I mean, you know, really? it, it's not just on his side, but I, you could sense the differences of what she wants in a relationship versus what he wants. Like as far as like, I mean, she definitely wants to settle down. And I think he's just like a little bit like, yeah, no, it's not really for me. I'm sure it was more her idea of like, Hey, let's save up for the garage. Right. And, you know, like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's make do a something. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, even later on, I mean, pretty soon here when like they try to make a, get like some money from her stepmother to borrow for the garage. Like he didn't seem to care that much about it. Like, no. It's like, whatever. But he, he tells uh, Diane about Mary too and, and all of that. But then like immediately the next day, the next scene, <laughs> Diane's at lunch with Mary and is just like, hey, you know, I was out with him last night, even though like he totally lied, lied to her. Yeah. And just totally screws him over and uh, is like, yeah, I want to like give a couple bucks to the garage fund. He told me everything. And you know, Mary doesn't like any of this. Very like, weird. Yeah. He's like, don't bother i can pay for my own lunch and go away and that's yeah. probably definitely like once that happens for her is like i gotta ditch this mitchum guy yeah i can't have this in my life and rightfully no. so so yeah that we get to see mitchum talk to mary and you know this is where he's like lying about the date with diane and where mary is just like all right screw you mitchum and she starts to go out with bill that ambulance driver that was with mitchum in the beginning scene the opening mm. before and then that becomes something we'll check in on a little later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Back at the diner, of course, you know where to find Frank. Old Angel Face comes in and uh, is like, yo, you talked to my girlfriend and we're trying to start something like that's not cool. What are you doing? Yeah, it's weird. But, you know, she manages to convince him and manipulate the situation. And, you know, he's like, you really got to pursue your race car driving. So, you know, we can figure out a way for you to race for us. Like I can get my parents to get like a race car going. And in the meantime, like we need a chauffeur. Why don't you work for us? You can drive my car all, all you want. It's a nice little sports car and all is well. Sounds good. Yeah. Right. Well, first he's a little bit like wary. And then finally he's like, all right. <laughs> it seems like, you know, his conscience is always there to just be like, don't do this. But then, you know, eventually he, gets suckered into it he sees her and he's like okay (laughs) he's just very much along for the ride yeah so yeah they kiss and he's gonna go ahead and take this job and then after this she lets him know that hey my stepmom is gonna be she's interested in investing in your your uh, racing garage and uh you know why don't you come up with a proposal we'll present it to her and i think we could do this and so they do all seems to be going pretty well about it Diane gets up to leave and stepmother Catherine is just like, yeah, sounds good. Uh, Whose idea was this though? Mm -hmm. And this is where she's like, okay, I see. It was Diane's, was it? Mm -hmm. So she's like, yeah, I'll I'll consider it, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. So Diane then goes to meet with Mitchum later on. And she's like, she threw your proposal in the garbage, which I, I wonder if that actually happened. We don't really ever like find out about that, but it seems like, yeah, she like, manipulated the whole situation yeah that's that's what i think yeah yeah and he's like you know we can't trust her and if they find out about us you're gonna get fired you're gonna get locked up for some reason we got to figure out what to do here and mitch was like don't worry about it like your own woman we could we could figure this out but you're you're overreacting and she's like don't worry about it but diane is says you know hey my stepmother sucks she's gonna take it out on my dad so that's no good Oh, yeah. So now she, she goes to Frank's room, Diane does, and she tries to say that her stepmother was actually trying to put the gas on and kill Diane. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Mitchum doesn't really believe it. She says, go back to bed. And the next day, you know, Mitchum is all with all that going on and like the whole weird proposal thing. He's like definitely feeling like this is a bad place to be. The job's no good. Like he, he really got suckered into it. It wasn't something he really wanted to do. And now you know, the old angel face is, is coming apart at the seams and it's, it's pretty transparent what she's trying to do. So he's like, I'm going to go back to Mary, <laughs> mm-hmm. try to go get that where, you know, Mary was a, uh, clearly a, a very good woman and a good place to be. 
so he goes to her and is just like, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving all that. So get ready for me. Like, let's make a date tonight. I'm just going to grab some stuff. And then that's that. So he heads back to the estate and he starts to pack. But Diane is totally ready for that because she could feel that things were getting weird. And so she cries some crocodile tears, tries to get him to run away with her saying like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm all packed up too. Let's do this thing. And then so Mitchum falls for it, of course. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, I guess I'll stay here a little bit, you know, for a few days and we can figure this out. We should also mention that there's this um, couple that works for the Tremaines, like th- this Japanese couple that work mm-hmm. there that kind of pop up. Are yes. they in? Ito <laughs> and I forget her name. She doesn't really get too many lines, unfortunately, but. Yeah. So he's uncredited, but it's Frank Kumajai. Okay. Is Ito. And then her name is Chayo. Or Chiyo. It says it's Max Takasugi is her name. Well, hopefully all that's right. It sounds good. Yes. Yeah. No, it looks... It's what I can find. So they kind of pop up, and they're very nice to Frank and everything. And so he goes into town one morning, and Catherine's going to go into town as well. Okay. Also, I should back up because there's a really cool scene here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) The day, you know, the night at night, right before all of this, it shows... Gene Simmons, Diane Tremaine, just standing over like the edge of a cliff, basically, like in their backyard. Yeah. And uh, she drops a cigarette box. And also she's like refused smoking this whole time. And all of a sudden she's got some cigarettes and she drops a cigarette box down. And it's a good, good shot. You see the box. Yeah. You you wouldn't expect it to to work out so well, but it it goes. And uh, that leads you to believe something's coming. And now Mm -hmm. we're going to find out what that something is. Yes. That's how you properly do it, Dan. So Catherine's going to go drive herself into Santa Barbara when she's about to leave. The author father, Charles, he asks for a ride because Frank's gone. Can't get a ride otherwise. So it's like, okay, fine. Puts the, the, the car into drive. Steps on the gas way too fast, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, hey, we're in a rush. You got someone with you you weren't expecting. But instead of drive, it goes in reverse. And this sucker goes off the cliff, Dan. And boy, does it ever. <sighs> This are you not wild. amused at this point at least this, this was like maybe my favorite part of the movie uh or one of one of two yes um, I as we'll get to <laughs> part part one um but yeah i mean this is like maybe one of the most realistic like car tumbles off a cliff i i, I may have, maybe have ever seen like yeah. it just looks it's so it's so jarring and it's so realistic very much so uh, for like a movie especially this era that it's it's really good it's i really mean they well get done. they get yeah. the shot i mean between yeah. that and the cigarette box there's just something magical about this cliff that's just ready for things to go off of it but yeah yeah i mean it, it's, it's, it's a real yeah. yeah it's brutal it's it's long and uh you're there for all of it i mean you you feel it. you're all watching the a car yeah. being destroyed and some poor actors some good stunt people in there yeah <laughs> or you know cushions or pillows or whatever the relatives of the crash, crash test dummies, dummies yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the best thing about this movie. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it is here on the cover. You, yes. You got to look you're for kind of it, but it, it is there. Yeah. yeah. After that, after once, you know, you're like, you got to put that in there. But yeah, it's incredible. And yeah, it, it definitely puts you in here. And, you know, you're watching Laura and you're like, you know, is this a film or this one? Very much so is there's some some dastardly deeds being done. So they're dead. That they're they're dead in the crash, and of course that was a total mistake for Diane. She only wanted to kill her stepmom. She really did love her dad. And yeah, it's supposed to be a, a oops one one way ticket. Yeah. So whoopsie, killed my dad. She's pretty bummed about that. Ripping it up on the piano, as you can imagine. Yeah. So that's not good. And then the cops are obviously investigating it now, and they're like, "All right, bring in Frank. Bring in Diane. We got to figure this thing out." Diane is basically. You know, she's in the prison, but she's in like a psych ward in the prison. Mm-hmm. And then Mitchum's in prison, prison. Yeah. Diane. So they, they think he did it because, I mean, he seems like the most logical suspect because he wasn't really there. Uh, he has the, he's the mechanic. He works on the cars like, you know, it's all it's kind of circumstantial evidence, really. But I mean, they 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 think he's the guy that did it. I mean, they got nothing else otherwise. And yeah. Yeah. And also, you know, Diane stands to. Yeah. Make a ton of money off of this thing. Right. And it seems like they've been friendly together. So they arrested their people. Um, so obviously we're gonna need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. 
who do you get? You get Leon Ames, Dan. You, you yeah, get you Fred do. Barrett. Yeah. The, the king of lawyers. He's a high, high priced defense lawyer comes in and Diane's like ready to confess. Like, Hey, I did it. Uh, Mitchum had nothing to do with this. You know, that's it. Cut and dry. Help me out. Yeah. But he's like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. Slow down. Obviously you didn't do it. You're not going to say that. Let's just keep our mouth shut. Cause you know, that's going to make things bad. You may think it, you know, you're helping Mitchum out this way, but he can still go down. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go to trial and figure this thing out? But also, you should probably be married, you two crazy kids. That yeah. that's going to make everyone believe that you know this was just a love story and and nothing else. You know, the whole reason your suitcase was in Frank's room was because you guys were going to go get married that night, and this slowed you down. Whoops. I've also read that like they don't talk about it really in the movie, but they also mentioned that like they feel like since if they're married, they can't testify against one another. So whether that's something that actually does factor in or not of, of the reasoning why they did it. But I did read that as I was, you know, makes sense. Getting into this. And it does, but they don't really talk about it. But I feel like that would have made more sense. It just seemed kind of a little bit more ridiculous. It, abruptly, like she's like laying in the bed and they're marrying them. Like, but no photos. Don't take any photos. Blah, blah, blah. It was just very, very bizarre uh, sequence. You want to talk bizarre sequences. How about the psych ward song that happens in there yeah. too, where they're all singing? That's. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what that was, but yeah. So yeah, they get married. The papers are psyched, and now slow, slow down, everybody. Uh, Let's go to trial. Everybody's favorite parts of of these movies. Um, Oh yeah, it's a it's a great trial, but oh my god, it is a slog. Like definitely, you if you're starting to be like, hey, I don't know about this movie. This doesn't help. No, but it is a good trial. I mean. This is Preminger, the king of trials as well. You know, the anatomy of a murder. He's he's yeah. done this stuff. I mean, he hadn't done it yet, but still. Prelude. Exactly. And he's flexing here. I mean, you like the car model. I like I like the the expert, the automotive expert going through the, the process. That was interesting to have that whole gigantic contraption part of the car with the how how it could have been done, how easy it was, which yeah, is it's like high- the a transmission, the yeah. steering mechanism, and just yes, an expert uh, on the stand or well, standing mostly, but uh, just really delving into the the mechanics of it and how easy it is to do. Apparently, it's so tough because it's just like oh my god. But at the same time, yeah. you're like this is really interesting and like yeah. you know. So I, I get it, but I also I get it. I, I'm sympathetic to all sides of, on the whole courtroom scene. That's fair. But thankfully, we are a podcast and we can zoom right through it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you just see our high priced defense attorney just killing it. He's he's really getting that money's worth. You know, Frank tries to use a public defender. He doesn't want anything to do with this. But they're like, no, no, no. We need you guys together. Hence the marriage and hence all this. And there's a great shot where you got uh, Mitchum and Simmons just kind of like looking on. And their two expressions are just great. Mm-hmm. And it's. I will say as far as direction goes, there's a lot of uh, good framing in this movie. Mm, yeah. He's, I mean, he's known for that uh, yeah. in particular, but yeah, no, I'm definitely. not saying anything new, but you just definitely, yeah, yeah. You, you do notice it throughout and it's a good looking movie. As far as print goes, I mean, it's a shame there's no Blu-ray upgrade because it seems like it'd be relatively simple. Yeah. No, it looked fine for a DVD. Yeah. And the guy that the cinematographer is also, uh, I think it was like a, a year or two later did Johnny guitar. I, I did see that, which is cool. Um, absolutely yeah harry, harry straddling and i was like i you know i we could do a whole podcast that's 10 episodes probably on, on johnny guitar someday um, next, but, uh, next show but yeah i mean there's like a lot of the greats are working on this like it's definitely interesting in that regard uh, oh yeah so they're acquitted of murder uh it seems like all is well but after that mitch was like cool we got off uh, i don't want to be with you like that was just yeah. <laughs> so we don't go to jail for murder so Get ready for a divorce. And Diane, she lets loose. She starts talking about how much she hated Catherine and, and how she felt just so lonely and, and the jealousy. But after, you know, watching their death, you know, hearing the death and, and seeing the crushed up car, you know, she snapped. And that, you know, of course, put her into a nervous breakdown, which put her in the psych ward at the, the prison. But she's a different person. She's really letting herself out there to, to Mitchum. But he's just like, I, yeah, yeah. This is too messy for me. Clearly, mm-hmm. I'm going back to Mary. Mary's going to take me back. Mary loves me. I what have I done to make yeah. Mary think that I'm not worthy of love? Yeah, and right. Diane's like, I don't think she's going to take you back. You know, you she's going to be curious. Like, <laughs> did you 
murder someone, you know, and yeah. also everything else. So why don't you take my cool sports car? And if you come back with the car to bring it back, I'm going to know she didn't take you back and we'll start our life together. Mm-hmm. If she takes you back, keep the car. It's my gift to you. Good luck. Sounds fair. Yeah. So Mitchum's like, you got it. Mary loves me. I will take that bet. I just got me a brand new car. And so he goes over to her place, do, 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 knocks on the door. Hey, Mary, remember me? It's old Mitchum. Yeah, I got off that whole murder charge. Let's get back together and pick up where we left off. And uh, who is also there but fucking Bill drinking a beer himself? His old friend. And uh, Bill's just like, yo, this is not cool. Set this straight. And she does. And, and she says it perfectly. She's like, I don't, you know, want to have to keep competing for a trophy. And, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you come back. But at, at what cost? Uh, you know, she really lays it out to him. And what are you going to do? Yeah, she wants something steady. <laughs> exactly. She's like, this guy right here, he seems to be fine. And he's providing it. Um, yeah. You know, like, I'm not an ugly woman, sir. Like, I'll mm-hmm. be fine. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your angel face, Mitchum. Frank, you know the night at the hospital when the call came in from the Tremaine place? Yeah. Yeah, if it had just come five minutes later. That's what I told myself at first. And I wished with all my heart it had happened that way. But Bill was on that call, too. Remember? Frank, with you, I'd always be worrying. Because there are a lot of Dianes around. And I want a marriage, not a competition. I want a husband, not a trophy I have to defend over and over again. Maybe you would keep coming back. But that's not for me. You're sure you're not just saying this because you think maybe I am guilty after all? No, Frank. I never believed that. And uh, he's like, oh, all right, great. Meanwhile, old angel face Diane, she goes to her lawyer's office and she's like, I gotta, I gotta confess for these murders. Yeah, guilt. I gotta get this out of, out of my system. And there's a stenographer there to take a statement. She finally convinces the lawyer to take the statement and she lets it all out. And uh, is like, cool, all right. Do you feel better? Like, it's not gonna matter. You already got off. You know, we, we can't retry this. Double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. I'm not sure if, is that, <laughs> is that apply for this? That's what I thought. I was thinking about that. Because, I mean... I guess technically it does, but I don't know how that works. I, don't I was know waiting how, to see some legalese yeah. fun fact that was like, LOL, no, it doesn't. Yeah, but I, I, I'm not, I, you know, my, I'm not really brushing up on my law theory, but. Um, I always told you you should have finished your degree. I should have. And yeah, I, I did not. Yeah, I don't know all the ins and outs of how Double Jeopardy works, but I mean, it sounds nice enough, you know, for this movie. Uh, yeah, it'll do. It works. Yeah. So that's that. She leaves and then the lawyer's like, get rid of this fucking confession. Just put it in the garbage where we put all the other murder confessions. And, you know, yeah. the person who took it down was just like, oh, I got a story for everybody. You know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> we like, go home and tell the family. Hey, I guess what, what happened today at work today? Oh, you know, that rich woman who had that crazy story that was in the papers. Yeah, she did it. But shh, double jeopardy. Yeah. Can't prosecute her. Nope. Again. <laughs> nope. Oh, and also I forgot to say uh, during the the whole speaking of is this legal during the the trial a fucking juror asks a question it's like oh, I have a question do you jury member like sit down what are you doing you <laughs> yeah, can't do know. that I don't yeah I don't know if you can do that I, I'm assuming no but no maybe you can submit questions at a later time but yeah. he's like raising his hand like he's in school and just like oh I got something I just thought of and it's like yeah. Great question, juror. Like, really? Okay. <laughs> that happens. So she's really sad about it. She sniffs Mitchum's coat from when they first met that was still there. Uh, she stares out the window and then, you know, night turns into day as it does, of course, Dan. Yeah. So then she goes to confess to the lawyer, comes back, and she sees the car is in the garage. She's psyched. Mitchum's back, mm-hmm. but he's like, yeah, I'm still leaving you. <laughs> I'm just getting my yeah. stuff. Uh, I'm going to go to Mexico. And she's like, can I come too? And he's like, no, obviously not. But she's able to convince him to let her take the sports car and drive him to the bus station. So definitely who you trust to have handling your mechanics. Yeah. So gets in, they're popping the champagne all is well. 
But then all of a sudden that angel face turns into a real devil face, Dan. She pops that sucker into reverse. She cranks the fucking gas. And that sucker goes right off the cliff one last time. Because you're like, hey, I really love that cliff. Maybe I don't like this movie so much, but no, 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 no. There's a nice cliff dive at the end. And maybe that one's even more brutal than the first. I also appreciate it's even more jarring because it's timed out where he's like opening the bottle of champagne Mm -hmm. as it's happening. And like that makes it even more jarring. So I appreciate that. Oh, when they cut too, like right before they cut, I mean, they're pretty close to the edge. And do you see like Mitch, I'm still holding the the champagne and the glasses. Like, I mean, it's really well put together. Yeah, no, for sure. And then you got the nice clothes with the 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 taxi driver that has no one to take (laughs) yeah exactly if only he had waited yeah and that's it and that's the end dan so let us know what you thought about this one i thought it was okay i i I think i you know i i read just a little bit about it going into it but i i you know i try to stay fresh as as possible but i i think i the way that they phrased it like i was kind of hoping that gene simmons character would be a little bit more scheming like it was more of like this elaborate like plot and she's like weaving this this like web to like really ensnare him for like this more sinister purpose you know yeah. and i think that's like that was kind of the idea i kind of had in the back of my mind and it it wasn't that but i still liked it like i said the the you know i mean yeah obviously the framing of a lot of the shots were fantastic i, I mean mitchum's mitchum i mean it's always good always good to have him around and those 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 car sequences off the cliff were just magnificent like they're just amazing so like those were cool, but I, I didn't love it. I liked it. I, I wasn't like over the moon for it. I wasn't like blood over the moon. For, I think, for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, it's a really good, okay movie. Like, yeah. All the people that are, everyone that's in it is just so top of their game, especially at this point. It's not even like, you know, a fresh face Mitchum or anything like that, mm-hmm. or even Gene Simmons. But, it, you know, in that regard, it just can't help but being like pretty good because it's just so effortless for all these people at this point. But I right. mean, we'll get into the creation of this thing. I mean, how it came together into what it became. I mean, it, it's a wonder it was even as good as it is. Yeah. But yeah, I would give it 7.6 out of 10 wigs for this one. Okay. All right. You ready for some fun facts? Yes. <laughs> I have a feeling I know where you're going with that one. All right. Well, we got some working titles for this film. It was The Murder. The Bystander, and then simply Murder Story, which I don't know if it was a title or they just like, you know, didn't have something yet. Working title. I don't like any of those. What about Angel Face? I'm okay with Angel Face. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, I would have liked a a nice little Mitchum calling her Angel Face at some point. You know, that would have been a little bit better, but. Some babies would have been good, but yeah. A few more babies thrown in there, you know, calling her Angel Face at some point, but I, I like it better than those other ones, at least. There you go. Uh, So the story itself was loosely based on the real-life case of 17-year-old Beulah Louise Overell and 21-year-old George Gollum, and they were both accused of murdering Overell's parents in their yacht near Newport Beach in California in 1947. Police had suspected that Overell and Gollum beat their parents to death prior and then tried to blow up the boat with a crude explosive device. Wow. The cops were suspicious because the parents didn't approve of the relationship and that Overell would inherit a ton of money if her parents were out of the way. And so after a lengthy trial, one of the longest then on record, actually, the couple was acquitted. And in November 1947, writer Chester Erkstein sold the rights to his story to Belsom Pictures. And actually, Edmund O'Brien was announced to be the star and director in January 1952. But nothing happened with any of this. And the script had collected dust. Until old Howard Hughes, now the studio head at RKO, had acquired the rights. And uh, he was looking for a pitcher for poor Gene Simmons, who had the misfortune of being lusted upon by this awful man. Mm -hmm. And uh, he had bought her contract uh, without her even knowing it. And so she was able to sue him to try to get out of this nightmare scenario because back then the move was you sue Howard Hughes because he's a crazy recluse. He's not going to show up to court. Mm -hmm. Um, and back then, apparently, you couldn't just send lawyers in your place. We're learning a lot about the law today, how it used yeah. to be. But you know what? We're going back to that law anyways now in real life, you know, back to these yeah. 50 laws. So, hey, we better watch these movies for research. Yeah, it's apropos. So she was able to uh, win this lawsuit. But one stipulation was that she had to make three movies for RKO first. But 
She also had an upper hand in this because she added a clause to this contract that all these films had to be made within a certain amount of time, Mm -hmm. which was genius because Hughes was pretty well known for slacking on making these movies and keeping his stars under contract for way longer than they wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And this movie was the final of those three films. And for this one, he wanted to try a film more. Hughes was still pretty pissed about all this and so pissed that he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call in a favor from 20th Century Fox and I'm going to get their contract director, Otto Preminger, to be a dick to Gene Simmons, which Otto Preminger was famous for doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So (laughs) already some pretty calculated evil. Preminger wasn't interested, though. He's like, the script is terrible. It's like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, this, this sucks. I don't, I don't want anything to do with this. But Howard Hughes wanted to fuck over Gene Simmons so badly that he actually made a rare in-person appearance, not to court, but to Preminger's house to drive around town with him. And he reportedly stated, quote, I'm going to get even with that little bitch and you're going to help me, end quote. Wow. And he finally convinced uh, Preminger to take the job in exchange for complete control including a producer's credit, which he had never had before. Howard Hughes was driving Gene Simmons even crazier with hair requests, trying to find the right hairdo. And eventually, dreading making this fucking picture to begin with, Gene Simmons got the last laugh and just chopped off all of her hair. So letterboxed wig noir. Here's another one for double indemnity. Angel face. And I feel like I, I also read that Hughes like hated, like he loved like women with long hair yep. and hated short hair on women. So like that was definitely like a dig uh, on him right back saying like, fine, you know what? Cut Perfect. my hair real short. And then he's like, nope, well, you're going to wear a wig now. It's just this, all this like back, <laughs> back and, and forth. forth. Exactly. Yeah, it's wild. So it's a good wig though. So shout out to the wig. Um, it looks good. Yeah, it does the job. Um, So Preminger had a new script quickly scraped together by Fred Nugent and Oscar Millard uh, with uncredited early drafts by Irvin Wallace. And the filming had to be completed in 18 shooting days because of Simmons' uh, contract, which would otherwise expire. And uh, this was able to be done because Preminger was also able to borrow Henry Stadling from MGM, Mm -hmm. who was known around Hollywood as the fastest cinematographer in town. So yeah, the slap incident had happened. No one's feeling good about that. Yeah. But Simmons did like Robert Mitchum. She had nothing but lovely thoughts about him. Mm-hmm. Said that he was actually very protective of her during filming, which ironically, uh, Mitchum was also credited with by Marilyn Monroe when he reteamed with Preminger on River of No Return the next year. As for Simmons and Mitchum, they would reunite two more times in She Couldn't Say No in 1953 and The Grass is Greener in 1960. Otto Preminger was promised a bonus if he finished shooting before the contract expired, and he did collect it. The film itself, it didn't do so great. Reviews were lukewarm, but it's been, you know, time has been kind to Angel Face. And in fact, in 1964, legendary director Jean-Luc Godard listed it in his top 10 favorite American films from the sound era. I did see that, which was interesting. I mean, I know he liked a lot of uh, American films, but in 64, too, I mean, that, that's early like he's just start making his first few films at that point. And so like, I feel like he's definitely, his taste obviously changed a lot, um, but, but <laughs> over time, but um, yeah, I did find that interesting. Cause I, interesting I snaps that out. yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause yeah, I mean, I've, I've been a pretty long time Godard fan and I, I that's the first I'd actually heard that uh, when I was reading about this. Cause he hadn't really, I hadn't really seen that brought up. Cause I know some of his other favorites that he's had over the years, but I was kind of surprised a little bit that he liked this one a, a lot, but yeah. Wasn't bad. I mean, the one thing about Angel Face is like the movie itself is whatever, but you do like it sticks with you. You think about it and, you know, it it holds up like to that scrutiny. It just, you know, it it does the best it can. But those those car crashes are so good. Yeah. I mean, knowing knowing all of the backstory too, you know, you're you're even more amazed that we could have almost opened with that even. Yeah. Like the fact that this got made and was, you know, pretty decent you know is is you know saying something so absolutely i think that's going to do it for this episode but next week uh we got we're going to 1947 it's summertime dan so we're going to need ourselves a, a summertime movie obviously that means we're watching the gangster yes looking forward to it that's all yeah. i know about is summertime noir so this movie's a trip man i'm excited to take a, a summer trip so yeah that'll be good this reunites some some old old friends, a couple old friends of ours. I did see those stats. That's as far as I dipped my toes. Yes. And I, I was happy to see it. So this should be an interesting one. Another Warner archive. Sorry, guys, mm-hmm. but stick around. We'll find something for streaming soon. Yeah. Hey, these DVDs are pretty cheap. At least there's that. 
I wonder if that's something, I mean, not that's something that I'm necessarily like not, you know, I I feel like I've talked about my thoughts on, on streaming in general, but if Warner Archive, if they did their own on-demand streaming service, like, you know, like the others and had all these available and stuff like that, made all the ones that they do on demand, make them available digitally that you could just stream whenever you want. Like think about well, how I mean, that it, would open. You Warner know? is just owned by the same people that own HBO Max. So it's like, why are all these films not on HBO Max? You know, like, right. I mean, that that's true too. But I'm saying even if, if whether they made a separate thing just for the archive or added it to HBO Max. You know? I would think, hey, they're still trying to sell HBO Max to everybody. What a perfect feature to include, you know? I mean, yeah. I know this is the TCM section and there's some good stuff in there, but. Yeah, definitely. I don't know. It'd be nice for sure. Yeah. But. Maybe one day. What are you going to do? But I was just happy to see good print after last week. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It happens. What are you going to do? Uh, Dan, we got an email address to tell people what they're going to do or they're going to tell us. <laughs> we do. Is anybody emailing on it? Yeah, we get some emails Sometimes. every now and then. Yeah, that's good. We got uh, the burglar through email. So there you that's go. true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Where was that email address, Dan? It was the, the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. I'm afraid of no ghosts, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not. Uh, I'm afraid of Instagram. What's our Instagram handle? Uh, out of the podcast. I like these quizzes. I always have to remember these. So I, I know. I can't wait till you're tight. Episode 100. It's going to be good. This will yeah. be when you're cussing. You're doing your famous cussing. Am I, am I two for two so far? Or so far, so one? good. But this, okay. is the, this is the challenging one. What's our Twitter handle? It's, isn't it out of the cast? He's looking at his phone. He may have been cheating on that one. I didn't. I, I'm, I, I got a text message and I was just turning it off. Yeah, text message saying out of the cast, I got you. Yeah, I had to phone a friend for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I had to ask somebody else what that is. Well, what is this podcast come out? Do people hear this? Where do they listen to it? Yeah, I think uh, we write it down. We print them on demand uh, and then mail them out to people, right? Um, yeah, I was thinking maybe we should just put it on like Apple Podcasts, right? Yeah, yeah. What do you do there, Dan? If if we did, if we really loved the experience, or if you, we, or we fucking hated it, you can subscribe. You can comment. Yeah, you can comment. You, can you, you rate? Can li- you you can rate it. You can listen to it. You can. Li- oh yeah, that's important. <laughs> maybe listen to it first. Yeah, before you say something, maybe listen to it. Yeah. Although I would say, you know, if you're gonna judge any book by its cover, we got a good book cover for our podcast. Yeah, so. I, I think so. I think we, that we have a good. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Aesthetic. Yeah, does a good one up. I don't know. Yeah, we got something. Boost. My thesaurus is broken right now, Dan. Yeah, it seems like it. We said we were tired at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, I think we did pretty well, though. Bleepy face. Uh, Yeah, we did all right. But that's it for us, for the lads. Thank you for checking in. Hopefully Mm -hmm. this one was was short enough for you. Clock looks good to, to me, but yeah, we appreciate it. We'll see you next week for the gangster. But in the meantime, hey, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Ridding.